sitting here with Josh Lynott. Real pleasure. He's actually staying with us this week over from uh, Norway this time. Yeah, just flying in from Norway. Don't really have a base at the moment. So we're just taking this chance to make, uh, from my point of view, the first Barley Hope podcast. And uh, we're going to we're gonna double team or something. And, um, yeah, this will be my uh, second podcast and go up on the Josh's coffee table chats. Awesome. Yeah. So, yeah, lots to talk about. And um, Josh and I um, were just comparing how our, how our kind of current journey started. And um, both started kind of randomly and with small decisions and started a small snowball which turned to a I think a big snowball definitely yeah, Josh. Just random decisions. Yeah. Spontaneous decisions. Yeah. And decisions that I think in the moment took a little bit of courage is probably too too good too big a word, but something to kind of overcome inertia. And so for you Josh it was For me I booked a one way ticket to Hawaii with the intention to go up the coast of America but I didn't. I stayed in Hawaii for three months, but that was probably one of the most pivotal or notable changing points or yeah moments that started a snowball. And this was back in 2015. 2015, okay, so three years? Which mm. month? October. Oh, wow, so... Oh, yeah, wow. so three years. Pretty bang on three years Oh, wow, because right it's October... The- Hey, today, Monday, October the 8th, 2018, so wow, three years ago. Uh, I'd have to look up what day exactly, but yeah. And you just turned, you were... 19. Wow, you were 19. Yeah. Wow, so, lots to talk about. So, so this Bali hate journey for me started, well, I moved to Bali in 2014. Um, Why did you move to Bali? Well... Um, that's a that's a long. I just wanted <laughs> I just wanted a break. Actually. Yeah. I wanted a two month holiday. Keep things simple. But um, but actually, the Bali Hope journey specifically started in twenty seventeen. In I think it was April, and I got dumped. And instead of going to the pub, which would have been my normal <laughs> way to go over a breakup, I put on my running shoes and went running. And yeah, small act uh, then led to me running from i love the things that just come about from running yeah yeah <laughs> you just have ideas when you go for that's running. interesting so, so what so what's that all about what's going on with that i don't know i think a lot of my writing and inspiration just comes it's like you go out for run and you, your head just frees up a little bit and you just I don't know, you just feel better about life. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's <laughs> because you're doing something. <laughs> yeah, it's like an immediate state change physically. Mm. Uh, you breathe differently, you're moving differently, you're in nature, you're having to kind of get out of yourself because it's kind of hurting a little bit, especially when you start. Yeah, just putting on your shoes is the biggest one. Yeah. Stepping out the door. Yeah. It's like a kind of, I guess it's a kind of, in a microcosm, it is a kind of, a very very basic transformation isn't it from walking to running in terms of just yeah. the energetics is just a big shift yeah in, in a very very mundane kind of way it's um, the it's a kind of elemental change of some kind yeah such a mental shift from the rest of your day yeah and that's the biggest thing yeah 
because they're not running. It's like, what, not even most of the time, it's maybe, what, 5% of your day, if that. Yeah, and there's that fascinating resistance I nearly always have to put on my shoes, which is like, ah, oh, just, okay. But there's, you know, sometimes I look forward to it, but normally there's always part of me which is resisting it. Do you think that's common to every, think? Yeah, I think most days, most most people, it's just like, oh man. But once they're out. Once they're out. And once they've done it, that's the big one. Yeah, once the shoes are on, then it's a whole different mind frame, isn't yeah. it? It's just like, okay, I'm trying to do 10K or 50K yeah. or 100K or whatever. 5K or yeah. whatever it is. And then it's a question of just completing and... Um, and then you're in the moment and you can't really, once you set out, I guess it's very rare that people set out on a run with an intention of maybe doing 10K and only do 5K. I'd say that's pretty rare. Yeah. It, only, ha- it only happened for like a small percentage of my runs yeah. where it's like, okay, today's like, I'm really battling to get through. What Which I is quite do. a cool idea, isn't it? That that's the one of the few things that we do that we nearly always follow through on once we've started. Mm. Whereas quite often when I'm sitting at my desk in front of the computer, it's like, I'll, you know, okay, sorry, I've done an hour now, I'm going to go and yeah. have a break. Or... <clears throat> That's been me today. <laughs> so you so you jumped on the plane to Hawaii. Yeah. And then just talk about some of the things that happened. Uh, how, how, did that, how did that then play out? I went to, I went to a hostel in Waikiki, day one. And I was like, this sucks. This is not like any uh, hostel I've been to before. There's just like lots of 60-year-olds smoking weed. I was like, no, this I can't spend the next three months here. And it was uh, 32 US a night, which was left me with about $10 a day budget, which was it only get me a few bananas and not much else in Hawaii. So I was like, this isn't going to work. So you went there knowing no one? <coughs> no one. Wow. And then uh, day two, I bought a moped. So I think I went over there with uh, four or five thousand Australian for three months, and bought a moped for eleven hundred, no eight hundred US. So then I was down to say like three and a half grand for three months, which isn't a huge amount. No, that's not enough. <laughs> Not in Hawaii. Not in Hawaii, one of the most expensive places. And then I met these two guys and I stayed with them for a night. But one of them was, and one of them, Adam, I'm still fantastic mates with. The other guy, he was in the military and just didn't want me in his house. Fair enough. Just having a stranger in your house. Not everyone's (laughs) up for that. So night two, I I had nowhere to stay. And my friend... Knew a guy from my hometown. I hadn't met him before, Jackson. And I messaged Jackson. I was like, hey, mate, hey, you have a mutual friend. Can I come and borrow a tent? And so I drove across Hawaii at like 9.30 at night in the dark which on a moped, which I was very inexperienced on, so it was a bit scary. And Jackson, I met Jackson. I had my big backpacking bag on in my moped. And he's like, yeah, come in. It's Sunday night. We're just having a chat. Anyway, I ended up staying till midnight and I was like, well, it's a bit late to go camping. I, I may as well ask this guy if I can sleep on the couch tonight. So I slept on the couch. Then uh, night two, I... Uh, sorry about that. 
uh, night two, I was like, oh, can I sleep on your couch again? <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, then there was a heap of uh, college soccer players there. And a couple of them went away. So I rented one of the rooms for the week. And then when they came back, I was like, I get along well with all you guys. Can I just pay you money and sleep on your couch? So I slept on the couch for three months and paid $100 a week rent and Sweet. made my time in Hawaii affordable. Got it. So you, made, so you became good buddies with Jackson and then yeah, you, started, were... you started your kind of what you do with your blog and photography and... Yeah, it was funny uh, because at that stage, Jackson, I had a blog then, but it was very, very mediocre. And there You're was talking about how many people reading it. Ah, uh, mom and dad, <laughs> <laughs> my auntie. Yeah, that's uh, good. Three. Yeah, it doesn't. And you four. Yeah, it doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> and yeah, so there was Jackson, another guy, Eust, and another guy, John. And they were all photographers. Jackson and Yusuf were adventure photographers. And uh, John was ocean photographer on Pipeline. And I'd just bought myself my first little camera. So I was learning heaps and heaps from them because they were well, way, way better at photography than God, I was. And you were already in, into photography? I just bought a camera. Wow, so he was like perfect, in a yeah, way, perfect I just, group. Yeah, just stepped into this house of people that loved adventure love photography and Hawaii as a whole just a photogenic place so I was just like this is just the perfect environment to wow so you get after it so so getting on that plane to Hawaii was kind of like the perfect sounds like on hindsight the perfect move in terms of yeah who you ended up hanging out with yeah I I didn't know who I was going to hang out with yeah but it's been a yeah, because now Jacko is one of my best mates and been a huge influence. And he was putting... That's when he was starting his blog as well. Got it. So he was putting in, like, math. He'd go to college, train, and then the rest of his day, if it wasn't an adventure, was just working on this blog. So I saw him start up his blog, which is now 400,000 readers a month. Wow. And... Yeah, I saw the work he was putting in, which not many people see. And, yeah, I guess that was kind of a big stepping stone, if you want to call it stepping stone. Got it. So, so, so three, month, three months comes to an end. Yeah, three months comes to an end, and I went back to Adelaide, and I was like, i got to get out of here. It so was, were you at college at this time? You'd already quit? Uh, I deferred uni. Okay. And then I just thought, I don't know, Adelaide's a fantastic place and I love it and all the people there, but I needed to keep meeting new people. I was just, after Hawaii, I I just, there's so many people I want to, the world's just too big. I need to meet more people. (laughs) I need more ideas. Yeah. (laughs) There's a lot to learn. Uh, So, but I didn't have any money because I just spent it all in Hawaii. Uh, So I worked a lot and then packed up and... Then I actually went to Norway, did a road trip around Norway with, with, my, yours. with yours, one of my housemates from Hawaii, and then moved to Sydney because I thought it was the most international place in Australia, and just a lot going on there. So, yeah. That so was, this is this is now 20, uh, 20, 2016, and then, yeah, then I tried uni again, no, 
happens with Zach. Not like, gonna happen once you once you have your eyes open. Yeah, Zach. Like I don't like being inside. I don't like the lack of energy. <laughs> I just need to be out there doing stuff, and, and I then, don't want to have a big debt for no reason. And then, so now we are three years later, just just surfing about the last twelve months. Cause yeah, well, it's the, been sounds like it's been pretty pretty amazing. The last twelve months has been the most wild of them all. I went to Europe last year to work on my book and then here I am a year later with a book published and I've been I've been home maybe five weeks in the last year and this year's been insane with uh well I started I worked at the Australian Open this year just to fund some adventures then I went to Hawaii again because I love it and then from there oh yeah then uh you asked me if I wanted to run an ultra marathon. <laughs> <laughs> well, we wanted to find someone who'd never run further than kind of 12 miles before. So. Yeah. So, yeah, I went to Bali and I'd never run a half marathon or a full marathon. I hadn't run more than, I think I'd run maybe like 24Ks in a day, uh-huh. not in uh-huh. one okay, shot. Got it, got it. And yeah, now I've been to Colombia, Russia, Panama, about to go to Sri Lanka and Rio. It's been a pretty crazy 12 months. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, because we've stayed in touch and we've had phone calls from Russia, France, Nor- well, Norway, UK, and now you're staying with us in the UK. And, and I guess why I find interesting is you lit the touch paper on that flight to Hawaii three years ago, but and that's when it started, but you know, things do take time to build. Oh, and then the sure. last one, and, and that's when the persistence, it's like having a clear vision. And then there's the persistence part where you have to put in the groundwork to kind of build things up and then yeah. step that's by step. That's the biggest one, it's just the persistence, which is what I've worked on this year. Because last year I was just across the board with my running and my work and my energy levels. I wasn't consistent and I wasn't happy with what I was doing. Uh, like I had an unreal year. It's probably like my second best year, <laughs> but I was like, I want better, you know. So this year, I was like, I'm going to be more consistent with my riding, my running, and I think as a result, it's like opportunities like the ultra have opened up and other work opportunities like going to Colombia or Sri Lanka. Have- yeah, it feels like something's shifted because every time I speak to you, there's another phone call you get, another opportunity, yeah. and another, and then they each one seems to stack on the other. Exactly, and I think that comes from consistency and the last, and I can feel that I've dropped my consistency a bit in the last couple of weeks, but it's so important that I keep going with it, yeah. you know, because that's the biggest thing, that's how people improve. And, and I, from what I, I mean, I, I'm looking at this from a distance, but what I see in some ways is, is that you've stuck to what's important to you and you've stuck to your values and kind of who you are, you know, your, 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 your sport, your athletics, your running, your photography, your kind of philosophy has, you stuck to that. And that's given you the kind of focus and it's given you maybe the like authenticity to get for other people to get you involved in things somehow. Yeah, I think, uh, if I kind of put it into, uh, I don't know, just kind of themes as such as like, yeah, health is one so that's my running 
and then creativity it's like my writing and my photography and then the other one is just connecting with people and I had probably like the three things I love most and I just try to do them day in day out yeah I suppose yeah it was interesting and maybe that I know that that's just <coughs> triggered me to think about the week we had on the Barley Hope Ultra in May and it felt like we brought together somehow this group, a lot of whom had a really, really resonated on the same level around the same things. Oh, the group right. was insane. Yeah, it was just, it was just <laughs> incredible. It was just, and I know there was something about, I guess when you know what you're about and you stick to it, and then you bring other people together who know, who know what they're about, and they've stuck to it, and they've. There was just so something. much. Everyone was so positive. That's what I liked. There wasn't a negative word spoken the whole week. Everyone just had one goal to do it or one to do the race and another goal to fundraise for the school and I think when you have a group of like minded people then that's one of the most powerful things yeah, ever. Yeah, it's really powerful. And also and then I'm reflecting on actually how diverse the group was because it went from you I think the youngest, twenty two. Yeah, I was the youngest. And then the oldest might have been might have even been me actually. <laughs> Although I didn't run this year, but but um, no, I mean the oldest runner might have been Julie or David, who were like mid forties. Yeah. And we had uh, obviously US, Australia, New Zealand, UK, Finland, um, Indonesia. We had a whole you know really diverse group, half male, half female. Yeah, and very very. Diverse. And yeah, connected kind of beautifully. Yeah, extremely. Like, yeah. You don't even think of the differences. Yeah, you just don't. Yeah. what makes it so yeah, great. Yeah, exactly. It was kind of, yeah, it was It just, it was kind of fascinating. And such a diverse group of backgrounds as well. Like Wayne doing 17 years in the military and then me traveling a lot and then Julie coming from Dubai. It was like all sorts. Yeah, and then Lindsay, who's hosting in 2019, she, she hadn't run further than... Oh, similar, man. similar to me. Yeah. And Vanessa and Nikki hadn't left the states before. Yeah, it was wild. Yeah, they hadn't even run marathon. Or uh, Nikki hadn't Nikki run a marathon, had a half, oh, marathon before. But for me, it was just crazy that they hadn't left America. Yeah, it's like my life is so different to that. It's like it's hard for me to fathom yeah. that. Yeah. But for them, and they good. chose. Well, they chose a good. And they chose Bali. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not the nearest. And then, yeah, just to spend a decent chunk of money joining the week and flying a long distance. Um, so they're amazing, and hopefully they're coming back in, in May. So, um, yeah, it's community doing it again and seeing, seeing what comes out of it, and just seeing which parts of that experience stay the same and which are brand new. Yeah, and and how it evolves. And how yes, it only time will tell, but. Every person, will, even the ones that come back, have now developed. Will have developed a whole year. Yeah, like they got a whole new year of life experiences, so they got more to add, and then new people. Yeah, makes it fun. Yeah, it's like a whole new family. So, so Josh, what? <coughs> been an amazing year. Just um, top three highlights, memories, learning points. Ooh, top three. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Uh, right now, one and two are pretty solid. Uh, one was just the week in Bali. Like, I'm not even saying that because I'm we're talking about it. I'm not with you. It was actually my like, yeah, one of my favorite, yeah, favorite week maybe ever. And 
just being surrounded by such an inspiring group of people, it, I, you kind of feel invincible for a little while. Yeah, yeah. afterwards we all just felt yeah. a million dollars, didn't we? I was just and like, you got the tattoo, right? Yeah, <laughs> I got two. <laughs> <laughs> two after that. Yeah, half, well, I don't know how many, like maybe five of us got tattooed. Yeah. I didn't, but <laughs> Lindsay, Karen, Josh, yeah. Nikki, Vanessa. Wayne. 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 We got one, that was great. Yeah. Um, yeah, and like, I can't even pinpoint one thing. Like, the race itself, that was huge. And completing it and the whole evening just trying to push my limits. But when you're just talking to those people the whole week and you're like, wow, they've done a lot of living. They've yeah. done a lot of inspiring yeah. things. It's yeah. like, there's just, I want to do more. I want to be yeah. better. I want to give yeah. more. Yeah, Sam and Sam Gash and Mark brought a lot to it, I think. Yeah. Massively. Just, it was really cool because yeah, they had they got their, their experiences and they brought their little boy Harry yeah. and that was cute. And then uh, number two would probably be my trip to Norway, which is because uh, you just come back from. Yeah, so I did a training camp with uh, Dali Sportswear and the men's and women's cross country ski team of Norway, and they uh, pulled in ten amateur or regular athletes like me. Uh, to train with the professional athletes, and these guys are just weapons, like the fittest people in the world. And again, it's just like when you pull together a like we had people from America, Sweden, Finland, Germany, like everywhere. Scotland, Scotland, yeah. It's like I don't know. It's again the differences, but you're all like-minded. You all love being outside. You all love adventure. You love running. You like hearing new stories and you like pushing yourself, but it's, I think it's so powerful. It's a, recipe, it's a powerful recipe, isn't it? Yeah. And I think especially, I don't know, maybe even more especially these days when there's the classic conundrum that we're all way more connected and way more disconnected, or way more connected digitally and, and way more disconnected physically these days, in these days. Mm. And so when you do bring people together, which is kind of the magic of the internet, actually, because a lot of these events are possible because of the internet. They're possible because of the internet, but I think you're, like, most truly properly connected when you're out in it. Yeah. Out in the nature. Yeah, yeah, like, exactly. When we're, there's, like, 20 of us running through the forest and not on our phones and it's just, you got mountains that are a thousand metres high on either side and <laughs> your shoes are on the water it's, and you're just trudging through, yeah. like, I yeah, more people maybe experience. It just that. seems to me that in all these, with all the social media and all the kind of talk of virtual reality or augmented reality, just normal reality is just becoming so much more compelling because I don't know somehow we're looking at screens so much that when we do actually see a sunset or run on the beach or go swimming in a lake or run through a forest, it's just it's even more mind blowing. Yeah. I don't know if that's true or <laughs> it don't feels know. like that sometimes. Sometimes it feels like that or that's what I have kind of observed. Yeah. I'm like, there's, and people ask me what gets me most excited, it's a good sunset. Uh, like yeah. every time it just astounds me. Yeah. I'm like, why don't more people go and see this? <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's just yeah, a masterpiece. Is, yeah. Yeah. Yes. As, as things come, become more complicated, the simplest things become more compelling um, so Norway's two and then whew, 
probably my time in Panama with Jackson would go in number three. We just did a lot of hikes mm-hmm. every single day and just such random places. And yeah, just big waterfalls or these valleys or mountains, just dense rainforest and it's just us. And I know we, I don't know, some days we, there's one where we're just in the middle of this rainforest with a bike, Jacko's bike broke and we got to carry it and then there's just a huge thunderstorm. I've never heard thunder so loud and there's howler monkeys and like... Wow, that sounds like picking up in the atmosphere already. <laughs> that sounds kind of awesome. Yeah. And like we, were, we were so far off the track and it just... We thought there'd be a path connecting the two roads. Oh, wow, so you got lost. Yeah, we got lost. But it's like on an island, so our mindset is like, if you're on an island, yeah, you this... walk one direction, you're going to, <laughs> you'll be okay. Yeah. Maybe if you're in the middle of, I don't know, the South America or something, yeah. it's a different story. Yeah. But it's like, so we knew like, you're going to be all right, but at the time, you're just like, the thunder is so loud and <laughs> carrying bikes through a rainforest, which are not, where there's no path. And it's just like random things like that. Yeah, just memories that you that you won't forget. Yeah. I think most of my like favourite memories this year have been from runs. Just like, we ran along a highway in Colombia and like it's, it's really just a nothing kind of day. We spent 12 hours on a bus and then ran and again just in a huge storm but there's like little fireflies on the road and and then we got hit by a truck, but it's just like... <laughs> <laughs> just threw that in. Yeah. I don't know, it's just... I just remember these things and they kind of yeah, make me laugh. I just... Yeah, I'm, I can flick through my Strava or Nike Plus and it's almost like I can actually remember every run. It's strange. Yeah. Like, remember the podcast I listened to or the song I listened to or how I felt or how, you know, it's strange. Somehow it's... You definitely never regret a run, but... Sometimes I think I never forget a run. Yeah, I agree. And it's for me, it's like traveling. It's like one of the best ways to see, uh, explore a new place. Yeah. Go for a run in the morning. Like, oh, actually, I'll go to that cafe later. Oh, that little lady's Yeah, especially around the city, actually. Yeah. Because you just pick up so much more. It's like, I guess it's the difference between going, like living in Bali for four years, being on a motorbike you really pick up way more than you do being in a taxi. Yeah. And then I think running is then the next Running, level. you don't get as far as a motorbike, but you absorb and Yeah, you just more. somehow connect more. And, yeah. And, yeah, it's just, it's a really, it's, it's, yeah, I mean, that's, I guess, following on from my story. So, instead of going to the pub, I, I put my running shoes on, and it was a really conscious decision. And I think I ran 10K that night but it but more importantly it just got me back into that kind of mindset of getting into my body pushing myself and then I um I read about a guy on Facebook who, who I'd never met but he he broke, he was doing a fundraiser because he broke his neck he had some accident fell off a, a balcony he was standing on collapsed so I did I decided I always wanted to run from Ubud to Changu which is about 30k, yeah. not that far, but um, I decided, sorry, I'll do it. I'll try and fundraise this guy. So you ran from Ubud to yeah, Changu? Yeah, ran from Ubud to Changu one morning with a 
I just put a thing on Facebook saying, does someone want to do this with me? And uh, two people said yes. One of them dropped out, but the guy who said yes was this Russian guy, really awesome Russian guy. And as um, we were watching this morning on YouTube, or no, yesterday on YouTube, <laughs> <laughs> It's kind of like it's almost as tough as could be. There's something about Russians that I really like. They're just no nonsense and just tough and have somehow got a lot of integrity, or this guy did. <clears throat> so I did the run with him, um, which was great. We did the run, it felt great. Um, and then I think I raised like $300, so it wasn't massively influential on this guy's recovery, but. Um, Still helps. It was awesome, yeah. It was, it was kind of as good for me, but then I was like, okay, that wasn't that difficult. Why don't I try and do something more difficult, like run across Bali? And mm -hmm. then I set a goal to run across Bali three months. That was May. Um, four months later in August. Have you been running much before you ran the thirty kilometer? I, yeah, I built up. I done okay. a, I done a, a bit of foundation. Yeah, um, and I think that's the thing. Thirty k, you can run a thirty k without too much training and feel quite good and not feel dead at the end. Yeah. So I saw oh, I done thirty k. I can do eighty four k. You know, it's just <laughs> it's just two and a half times <laughs> times yeah. thirty or whatever. But it is so, isn't? Because obviously your body degenerates and, and um, exponentially exponentially. <laughs> Um, which my naivety didn't factor in, probably that's a good thing. And also the run across Bali involves a pretty solid climb um, at the beginning, a good... 1,800 metres. Yeah, yeah. Up, up the side of the mountain. Um, so there's that as well. So And whereas Ubud to Changu is kind of downhill. So, yeah, so I started training for that. Um, I did a 50k before. And then, yeah, I attempted... It's a pretty solid training run. Is that yeah, solar? Yeah, no, it was around time. It was an organised ultra. Ah, I guess it's the shortest ultra you can do, pretty yeah. much. Um, with the Russian guy, he, and he killed it. He was way, way fitter than me, way stronger than me. And he was supposed to do the the ultra across Bali with me, but he got sick uh, three days before we were scheduled to do it. And I, I was thinking of postponing it, but my charity partner, who I raised the money for, said, no, don't postpone it because we've got some events lined up around it. So I went and attempted a solo. Um, but what was weird was the ultra that you ran, Josh, was exactly a year later wow. from the first, from the run from Ubud to Changu. Ah, that's cool. Really bizarre. Yeah, really just totally by coincidence. It's funny how that and I only realised that like on the day of, on the, on the day, because my Facebook flashed up with a <laughs> year ago. Exactly. Year. So, and, it, and I finished that finished the Ubud to Changu run at the same place you finished and what about your yeah, what about your ultra that's a pretty cool story <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean it's a humiliating story um, and it's a kind of funny story but um, so you started in Lavina no I didn't I started in um, Tejakula which is um, about an hour's drive east of Lavina. Yeah. I just picked a different route. It was still only 4K. Yeah. Um, actually, a harder, much harder route than you guys did. Because? <laughs> <laughs> I say so myself. Um, and then, yeah, I got up the hill. Um, I was all on my own. It was kind of dark and scary, but... So you're doing this at night as well? Yeah, I yeah. did. I set off about the same time you guys set off. Yeah. Um, I had a support car with me. 
um, stopping every 5k. Um, but I, you know, I, on hindsight, I guess I just didn't have the same moral, same kind of moral support that, <laughs> quite apart from the fitness levels, I didn't have the same moral support that I think we had on the ultra. Yeah. You know, it was like the team thing. Anyway, I got to about, um, yeah, my support crew were quite often asleep. <laughs> <laughs> but more importantly, when I did stop, it was probably about the 40k mark, 45k mark, um, about two in the morning or so, I took my shoes off, have a massage, put them down by the taxi, by, by the support car, had a 20 minute break, something to eat, um, a massage on my kind of um, IT band, and uh, went back to the taxi, <laughs> my shoes weren't there. Gone. And then we just, well, no, no, sorry, one of them was gone, one of them was there, and we just, we emptied the car, we all looked, Three people in the support car looked for about twenty minutes. We just couldn't find a second shoe, and I genuinely couldn't believe it. And it was too late to really buy any more shoes or a taxi could have driven. An hour three in the morning. Yeah, and one of the one of the support one of the nurses in the support crew had size. I'm size nine. Each was size six or seven. That was the nearest size. So I took her size sevens, cut the toes out. Put one of them on and started running with um, odd shoes, yeah. and yeah, it just—I mean—that's the spirit of ultra. Well, yeah, it is, it is the spirit of ultra, um, and it just totally jacked me up. And I, yeah, I just—I just couldn't. It just totally ruined my um, ruined me. So I got about another probably fifteen k, and, and so you got about fifty-five. Yeah, I probably got about fifty-five. Take that. Um, I raised the money. That was the most important thing. Yeah. And uh, ten grand. And then I thought, well, if we can bring together fifteen proper runners for the <laughs> for the next one, yeah. We and I, I raised ten grand. So I thought, if we brought together 10, 15 other people, we could raise a decent amount of money. So that's what we did, and um, that's how Barley Hope started. Yeah. So kind of completely accidentally, a bit like your trip to Hawaii. Yeah. Just, just. But what I like is that you wrote down. Something I've been big on this. Actually, something that has been big for me since Bali was uh, manifesting. I've always been like writing and written down things and believed in the power. If you write something down, it kind of happens. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you. you yeah, wrote down. Find, yeah. So I was so um, as I was preparing for the run, I wrote some goals down. I kind of. I kind of, I think before I did the first run, I figured out that it could be, I realized ultra running was, was kind of blowing up and there might be an opportunity to do a bigger run with more people in the next year. So I wrote some goals down and <clears throat> yeah, it was bizarre because nearly everything I wrote down kind of worked out. Yeah. Really strange, really strange. And, um, you know, I think there was, I don't know, I think sometimes when you're setting goals and running things down, you really, really tap into something. I think other times maybe your ego takes over. When it's, you're like, truly just, it's your thoughts and yeah, not I think, influenced by anything. Yeah, exactly. When you when it's lined up with what's important to you yeah. and what your values are and what you're into. Because I could write down right now, I want a Lamborghini, but I know I don't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. I think I spent... 
quite a lot of my 20s and may, maybe even 30s just chasing goals that weren't really my goals. They were yeah. the goals I thought I should have had. Yeah. Like having a Porsche or this or that. But Which, if you write down, if you can, yeah, knock the ego aside and write down goals that are actually true to you. Yeah, I think that's maybe, yeah, that's the key. And it's, that's the key. And bizarrely, it's obviously hard. there's hard work once you write them down. But yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, funny, it's just writing them down, but they're meditating on them. But um, yeah. but no, I think that's it. And but I think it's strangely hard to to let go of the ego when you're setting goals because I don't know. I'm not sure if it's contemporary culture that is quite materialistic in nature or egoic in nature or just humans have egos and we like to impress people you know mm. I guess but our ego likes to impress people yeah and there's nothing wrong with that but yeah the more we can let go of them and tap into what we really want I think that's that must be where the where the power is surely yeah it's something man. <laughs> yeah because I mean I guess that resonates with what you letting go of university taking a risk not following yeah, everyone wants you to do university these days and yeah. get a job and it's like, I don't know, <laughs> you just turn a light off <laughs> inside if you just, well I was, if I just kept going down that path. Well we had this conversation earlier today about my reflection on university I think you agreed with which was somehow when you, even though you're surrounded by, by supposedly quite smart people at university, everyone's thinking kind of the same. Yeah. They want to work hard to get a bit of paper to get given a job. And it's yeah. just... But you don't just leave and get given a job either. Yeah. And, and if you do it, it's half the time it's not what you want to be doing. Yeah, exactly. Because you meet not so even many, half the time. Yeah, you meet time. so many graduates who hate, hate their job yeah. or are in debt and don't know what to do. And it's fascinating. And, and you know... I think, you know, I went to college and did the same thing. I think I spent four years. I had a good time, supposedly, but I think I... <laughs> supposedly. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> kind of in the in a mainstream way to look at it, it was a good time, but definitely lost connection with what, what I wanted to do, I think, because you're just, you can't help but be influenced by a broader culture that is a, is a bit more grey than your yeah. own. The culture wasn't for me. Yeah. <laughs> that was the big one. Yeah. Like, I like getting up early and going for a run and a swim and breakfast before I get there and feeling alive. And, and everyone else is in the bar till midnight. In the bar till three and just... Falling like, I like coffee, left. but they're, like, reliant on it. Right, right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I was like, God, <laughs> go to bed earlier. <laughs> get up earlier, you know? So, it's, so, do you, so, so you're... What I'm hearing you say is just... It's just being very, or maybe both of us there, just being more conscious of the things that tap into what you really want without ego and without necessarily fear, because I guess fear and ego are kind of linked. Yeah, uh, are they linked? They're, I think uh, people use fear to like build an ego, build others' egos, you know, mm -hmm. or like they say, don't do this. Or go and do that, and you're like, ah, oh, better, I better do that to impress them. Or I don't know yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah. But the uh, society uses fear, and the media uses fear, and the people around you, they're not trying to, but they use fear. Like, oh, what if you don't get a job? What if you don't 
do this. And then and there's that comment that you made earlier about what that Jackson has said about having how a lot, a lot of us can hide behind big goals. Yeah, I should pull that up. Uh, yeah, we kind of hide behind big goals. It's like we have these big goals that we push out way into the future, but they're so far away that we kind of just like the same and hide them. But something I've been thinking about the last couple of weeks is like just doing it in the next six months like unless it's having a kid as i said that was one exception but yeah just if you're gonna if you got this dream like why not have a crack at it now yeah and actually you pulled me up today perfectly because i was like right josh we've got to do this podcast this week and he said yeah tom let's do it this afternoon <laughs> or today yeah and so here we are doing it so i'm i'm super grateful josh for for practicing what you preach and um Making me practice what you preached. Don't I have said I'd do a podcast every week and it's been about three months since <laughs> my last one, so I still need to get better at practicing it, but I'm trying. So what's what's next for you? You're you're staying with us the rest of the week and then Uh yeah, so I have another ten days in UK. Yeah. Which you're loving. <laughs> yeah, I am. It's great. We're eating broccoli. But you wouldn't live here. <laughs> I wouldn't live here, but I'm making the most of my time here. No, we're having a good time. Yeah, smoothies and uh, broccoli with hummus and horseradish. That's the <laughs> killer recipe. <laughs> That's right the now. killer. Though. And uh, then I go to Sri Lanka and work with the tourism board in Sri Lanka. And that's gonna be that's gonna be a wild ten days over there. And then from there, I go to Rio for a job. And then after that, I might go back to Australia. But in December, I go to, back to Bali for the Bali Hope Swim Run. So that's going to be cool. Awesome. You wanna, awesome. Do you want to expand on that? Yeah, so I... I Bali Hope Culture was, was great. It happened in May. Actually, before that happened in May, I was feeling really frustrated, like a lot of people, about this issue with plastics I just feeling sick every time I bought a plastic bottle or bought some food wrapped in plastic and just felt really frustrated like what you do as an individual and because it's just out of hand right yeah now. it's just like you think oh, okay I'm just one person out of seven billion what does it really matter whether I consume plastic or not so I was interested in finding a way to bring people together to tr try and do something meaningful, even off, even on a small scale with the plastics issue, and also do another Bali Hope event because I'm trying to make a living out of it. And it's kind of what I do, and it's I really enjoy doing it. So um, there's a small island in just off Bali called Lombongan, which is tiny, ten thousand people. Mm -hmm. um, it's blowing up as a tourist destination, and it's generating um, about three tons of plastic a week I think a week yeah wow and so they can't and there's no infrastructure to deal with it there's no one with the tourism and with the plastic yeah so yeah. you've got the tourists coming in and then yeah it's a tiny island it's just come on the map so it just hasn't got the the systems and the infrastructure to deal with it so I partnered up with the same charity that we raised money for in the ultramarathon which do education programs and a community group that are help to help them to build out a recycling plant and a recycling infrastructure. And swim run is this new sport to come out of, out of uh, Scandinavia. That's um, swim run, swim run, swim run. So it's 
it's not like triathlon without the bike. It's it's much more an adventure racing sport, really in tune with nature. So we're bringing that sport to Southeast Asia for the first, first time. time ever. Yeah, first time ever. And, and it's going to be awesome. Limbong is stunning. So you've got a beautiful backdrop, um, amazing sea and landscape. And then we've suddenly we've got Josh coming and Jackson coming, which is amazing. And we managed to get the swim run world champions from Sweden coming. And they're the real deal. They're the real deal. <laughs> they're amazing. They've they're going to teach done, me a lesson. Yeah, they've done this race called Otilog. I think it's pronounced like that, which is an ultra, essentially an ultra marathon, an ultra swim run, um, which is the first ever swim run in Sweden. And we've got Indonesia's two leading Ironman competitors coming and some really awesome people. And we're going to try and raise a bunch of money. Oh, I'm so excited. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. So we do the same thing. We bring, bring everyone together for five days. Great accommodation, great hospitality. To the race, build a recycling centre. Great. And and help the kids who are going to inherit the islands and the businesses on the islands become more environmentally aware. So there's both the consciousness and the infrastructure to make a difference. So, so yeah, it's going to be like a long term. <clears throat> yeah, so hopefully like five to ten years and we can measure the difference. Because it's such a small island, we can really see the impact we're making and then hopefully take that model to another island or somewhere else. Somewhere else. And, and, um, or inspire. Someone else. Yeah, exactly. No. So yeah, really excited about that. It's always quite a slog to get a new event going, but but so far so good with this one. And um, yeah, you're coming, Jackson. You're in the same team with Jacko. Yeah. How are you feeling about that? I'm pumped. I think we both might be ground rats <laughs> in, in the swimming leg, but we've been doing a bit of running this yeah, year. Yeah, so. you both look pretty fit, and you're both strong runners. Um, so, Jackson's what ex pro footballer. Uh, yeah. So any just done his first marathon which is sweet yeah so i think running will be all right but man swimming we we just can't always get to a pool on the road <laughs> yeah, yeah. And swim See, run, running you can do anywhere swimming that's yeah. tough if you and swim, swim running you have to swim in your in your running shoes so um there's an extra some extra challenges and we're, we're going to start the swim run or the swim element from a from a boat out to sea not too far out to see but it's a bit of a James Bond style start so we're looking forward to it and um, yeah it'll definitely be warmer in Bali in December than it is in England in October yeah that's going to be wild yeah so we're hoping to um, so you've got um, Sri Lanka coming up and then you've got Brazil Rio. yeah and then back to Bali for the Bali Hoaxman yeah. and then the Ultra in May next year and I'm speaking at an event Rad living in Melbourne from people, young people that are following their dream. So I'm pretty honoured to speak at that one. Awesome. But then I don't know what next year's going to be. Yeah, it's, I mean, the way this year's gone for you, it just feels like I'm just, if we did this call again in a year, it could be. Just trying to keep the ball rolling. You know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see, we'll see. We'll see uh, what happens. I guess for me, it's like as long as I'm always being proactive, I have an open mind. And I'm just putting in consistent work, then stuff opens up. Yeah, I guess that's it, isn't it? It's like day by day, staying focused on what we want, but taking the doing the small things every day that make the difference. Yeah. And, and I think you got to like know what you want, but be open, open for it to come in in ways that you didn't expect. Yeah, exactly. Be patient. That's it's not, it doesn't suddenly just happen. Yeah. 
it would come in weird and wonderful. Maybe sometimes it would come in exactly how you want, but yeah. most often it does. Yeah, exactly, because I think that the lesson I got from doing the first Bali Hoop Ultra, or the one where we brought a team together, was it was you know it was a lot of grass to yeah just to sell the sell the concept and and make it happen, but then small things like <clears throat> listening to Rich the Rich Roll podcast, hearing Rich interview Samantha Gash, and then calling up Sam and saying John is involved, and then her saying yes, just really gave the whole project a lot of momentum, and it's it's just it's this it's making sure you do this you know the small things that. Show commitment and and just connecting with the right people and um, connecting and surrounding. Yeah, yeah. And then once you get in, uh, and there's now now a bit of a family going on with the Bali Hope, isn't there? There's a kind of yeah. And so I'm here. Yeah, and so this is happening right now. Yeah, exactly. And then Wayne went on and Wayne Mercury, one of the Bali Hope originals, he went on and did brand. A thousand or 1500 kilometers <laughs> across Australia, yeah, in two, in 22 days, yeah, something wild, yeah. And he says he was inspired to do that by the by Bali Hope, and and, that, and then I know that Nikki and Vanessa have gone on to do cool stuff, and a whole bunch, um, David, Wayne, and Michelle are coming back, and Vanessa's sister Angel's coming to join us in May, so it's very cool when you bring a group together, isn't it? Oh, super Something simple. goes down there. Yeah. It doesn't make sense on paper. <laughs> no, it doesn't, but I guess that's the power of just, yeah, being in a positive group. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. So we've got Josh staying with us till Friday. He might even meet my parents on Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, and we might, well, it'd be very cool to bring in my partner, Victoria, yeah, a three-way conversation. Yeah, that would be cool. We are, the goal here is to do a podcast every day. <laughs> and we can, yeah, cover everything. Yeah, every... the world to write. Victoria is a very good talker. She'll be, she'll throw it, throw down some some good chat. For sure. Yeah, I think I'll be able to write another book after this week. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Who's inspired by? Well, here's to my next chat. And uh, Josh, thanks so much for. Thank you, Tom. Joining us. And yeah, it's been brilliant to talk and we'll do more tomorrow. Beauty. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers.